Hi everyone, Ashi Gasner. I started this podcast to inspire entrepreneurs to become an entrepreneur. And if that buck haven't quite bitten you, I'm hoping to achieve exactly that with this podcast. And also for people that's already on this journey, but they might need a little bit more encouragement or a little bit more, you know, help along the way. Today I'm interviewing Jamie. Now, Jamie is actually quite a big inspiration to me. We ended up doing the OFA challenge together. I think that was in February. And Jamie has his own podcast as well called Entrepreneurial Podcast Junkie. And he has a very successful business called Podcasting One-on-One, and he's helping people to monetize the podcast. Are you thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, but you're not exactly sure if that is for you? Or you have tried a few times, but you have failed? Or maybe... You are currently on your journey, but you're not exactly sure you're taking the right path and if you're doing the right things. Follow along on this podcast where I will be sharing my entrepreneurial journey with you all. I will be sharing my successes, my failures, and also my challenges. The best part is I will also be interviewing fellow entrepreneurs that will be sharing their stories and their successes. This is my podcast, Entrepreneurial Journey, and I am Joy Nicholson. Hi, Jamie. How are you doing? Hey Joy, it's a pleasure to be with you today. I'm super excited. There's nothing I love more than having a natter on a podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, you are calling yourself a podcast junkie, so I would hope, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Imagine if I was a podcast junkie and I didn't like podcasts. That'd be weird, right? <laughs> Very strange. I see you in a hotel room. I see you traveling at the moment. Is that what you do at the moment? Are you traveling? Yeah, it's kind of fun, Joy. So one of the one of the big reasons that I got started in entrepreneurship was that um, I wanted to travel and I wanted to see more of the world. And and I don't know if you want to hear kind of how I got started in this whole thing. And if you like, I can share some of my backstory. But you know, I never. I wasn't the guy that ever liked travel, which was kind of weird because people look at my life now and they see that we're in Bali and Thailand and one minute we're in America and then we're in England and we're all over the place, you know, through Europe and Asia. And everyone assumes they're like, Jamie, you must have always wanted to travel. And I was like, no, that wasn't me at all. Like when I first got started, you know, even in school and when I was growing up, when people would say like, oh, I want to go and be a fireman. I want to go and travel the world. I, you know, I want to be an Instagram model. They didn't talk about that when I was a kid, but you know whatever people want to do I was always like I just want to go and I want to build my own business but for the longest time I had no idea like what that actually looked like so you know when I was 16 I left college I you know I didn't want to go um, through that kind of extracurriculum education and all that stuff and you know in England once you're 16 and you leave school you can you can go and pursue whatever you want to do so you know I did college on my spare days and I I got a full-time job in a computer shop and I loved it. You know, I was earning like $5 an hour. I was selling computers. I was doing all the templates. I was building the website. I was doing the marketing, all this kind of crazy stuff. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I ended up moving out. And one thing I realized is that you can't really live off five or $600 a month. It doesn't really get you very far. So I was like, well, I got to get a real job now. So, you know, when I was 19, I got my first ever quote unquote real job, which was a sales job in a furniture company. And, you know, it's kind of funny because you know, a sales job in a furniture store is kind of the best thing in the world because you basically get paid to sit down with your feet up on a sofa every day, which is super fun. Um, But, you know, furniture is pretty much considered an old man's game. Anybody that is anybody in furniture sales who is good is usually in their 30s, 40s, 50s, because when you're buying furniture, you want to buy from someone who's had life experience. Like you don't want to get advice from the fresh faced kid who looks like he's about 12, (laughs) who telling you to buy, oh, this furniture would look great in your living room when you 
you probably think he lives in like your parents' basement. You know what I mean? So <laughs> when I came in, the expectation was like, oh, he's not going to do very well. And, and I was kind of lucky in that I love people and was kind of naturally quite a good salesman. And in the first year, I managed to do great, became the top salesman of the store, and very early on got pegged for this management position. And that kind of sounds all well and good, but the whole time that this kind of thing was going on, you know, I knew I wanted to be great. I knew I wanted to kind of strive and, and have this business, but I still didn't really have any idea about what business I was going to run. So I just did what everybody does. Like I threw myself into a career and hoped that that was going to be the way that I was going to make it. I, you know, I'd written down all these goals. I said, you know, I want to own my own house, have it fully paid by the time I was 30. Um, you know, and sort of five or six years later, I progressed through the company, I was getting into these management positions. But honestly, Joy, like one of the big things for me is I just felt trapped, you know, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I had some very self-destructive tendencies going out and getting drunk on the weekend, drugs, like messing around, everything that you could look at that would be classed as self-sabotage, I was doing it. And, you know, I was spending money like it was going out of fashion, not really keeping anything for myself. But I just wasn't really building anything. And I was just kind of spinning. And even though my life was a quote unquote successful career, you know, especially for my age, I didn't really feel that way. And, you know, when in my company, uh, you know, I would do all sorts of crazy stuff. I would move to different uh, cities because there was going to be a promotion there. And I uprooted my life completely, left all my friends behind and moved somewhere different. I was working in all these different stores. And what, what was really tough was like it was killing my social life. It was killing my family and my family time. Like there was very little connection between us. My mum jokes now. She says that, you know, I'm only in England 10 days a year, but she sees me more now than she ever saw me when I worked for time which is crazy right that's it's kind of sad always yeah. and um so i've been i've been working like crazy and you know this was about three years ago and i was working in this store in oxford which was about three hours away from where i lived and and what happened was you know i've been working like crazy i was living out of a hotel there and i said to myself you know what i just i need a break so in the space of about 10 days i decided okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go and book a holiday i booked a flight to berlin i spent one night in berlin i then went up on a train to prague i spent three nights in prague somebody i met in berlin was like jamie you need to come down to oktoberfest there's this amazing thing going on in in uh, in, in, in down here so i was like okay i rerouted all my stuff i went down there had this the most amazing time at Oktoberfest with a whole bunch of new friends. First time I've ever done any solo travel experience. And then I landed back in that store. And this all happened in the space of like 10 days, like bought a bit, bought a ticket, went, came back. And I was like, that was fun, right? <laughs> and everybody in the store was like coming up to me and they're like, wow, you know, how cool is this? This is an amazing experience. And then one lady said to me, wow, my God, Jamie, I bet you can't wait until next year and you can do that all again. <laughs> and in my brain, I was like, what? Wait another year? There's no way I can wait another year. And and that was the first moment where I was like, man, I need to get out of this. So, you know, I went on the computer. I looked at how can you make money and travel online? And yeah. that was the first time that I ever kind of even considered that I could do this. And, you know, I went on to make a blog and for nine months, I kind of, um, I kind of played around with that idea. And that was the first time I ever really thought about, okay, maybe I can leave and travel, you know? That's awesome. That is such a great story. And, and what was your first idea? What was the first thing that you came up with? 
Well, the first, the first thing I ever did was a blog, which was kind of interesting because, you know, I came back and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I read that, you know, the blog post that's like 17 ways you can make money online. And it's like affiliate marketing, make a blog, do this. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make a blog. And, and I, and I did it and, and I, and I, I consistently posted every week and I kind of did it. But after about three or four months, it just kind of became a little bit lackluster. It wasn't, it wasn't my main drive. I fell back into the daily habits of, oh, I'm back in my career. I'm focusing on the next big promotion. I'm going to do this and that kind of became like a side hobby which wasn't getting my full attention and it was like that way joy for about nine months and and even though i was still doing it in the background it wasn't really a forefront of my mind and i'd almost kind of forgotten about the idea of well maybe i want to eventually leave and then this this really really weird situation happened i was I was just, I just got a new promotion into a new store and it was, you know, a really busy store in the heart of Birmingham. It's kind of notorious for being the most difficult store to run in the country because it's, it's one of the biggest stores, but it also, it has the most different variety of people. Like inner city Birmingham, they speak like 10 languages, very, very difficult to understand. Like on your sales floor, there'll be like four or five languages being thrown around at the same time between your sales staff and, and what's going on. Very difficult. So I took that promotion. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. This is how I'm going to prove it. And then I had a phone call from my dad, which was super strange to get it in the day. So I was in the office and my dad was on the phone and I was talking to him and you know, the AC was kind of humming overhead and, and I could tell that something wasn't wrong and someone was tapping on the window to try and grab my attention. And I'm like, dad, you know, what's wrong? Like, I can tell there's something that's not right. And he said, Jamie, your sister's got cancer. And I was just like floored because, you know, my sister was only a couple of years older. She was like 28 at the time, um, didn't have any history of cancer in the family. And we, it just completely took us by surprise. Um, so over the next couple of weeks, you know, we were trying to figure out what to do. My, my family was in turmoil and all this kind of stuff. And my, my performance at work just absolutely tanked. Like I couldn't, and I'm the guy that loves people to death. You can probably tell I love speaking to people. And, you know, I just couldn't speak to anybody. Like people would come in, I couldn't sell, I couldn't talk to them. Like it was just terrible. So, you know, yeah. I ended up taking my boss to the side and, and explaining to him about what's happened and like, hey, look, this is the situation. She's not very well. Um, listen, you know, I, I, I love this opportunity. I love this new store, but I really just need to go back to my old store because, you know, that's my team. They know me, they can support me. They can give me that safe place. And then maybe in the future, I can look at doing something like this again. And, and what was crazy is that pretty much in no uncertain terms, he said to me, you've got two choices. You can either stay here and be a manager and commit to what you've committed to, or you can go back to that other store, but you'll be a salesman and you'll never be a manager in this company again. And in that moment, I was like, damn, like, this is just a corporation. They don't care about me. And I said to him on the spot, I said, great, well, I'll go back and take the sales job and I'll be gone in a few months. And and I freaked out because I was like, oh my God, this is like six years of my career that I've just basically thrown down the toilet by telling this guy like, F you, I'm not going to do it anymore. And um, so I had to scramble and figure it out. And, and what happened was in that space of time, you know, in two months, I sold everything I own. I packed my whole life into a backpack. I, I went full in into a course to try and figure out the online making money thing. And then I quit my job. I left and I was on that plane out of there and that was gone. And, and that was in September of 2017. And I haven't looked back since. And just as a disclaimer as well, because 
I always forget to mention this. My sister is better now. She had a kidney removed. That's she cool. doesn't have cancer anymore. So she's super great. And actually what was really nice is seven months after that happened, she flew out to Thailand and we spent three weeks together. And it's the, the most time we've ever spent together because she's my half sister. So, and that was amazing. And, and it, we got a lot closer from that. Um, so it's, it was truly a, as much as like that's a really horrible thing to happen to somebody. And, and she doesn't mind me sharing this story, but that terrible situation and that terrible response from my boss I'm super grateful that those things happen because now me and my sister have a closer relationship. Now I'm doing what I truly love in life. Like she has different priorities about what she's doing in her life. You know, it's, it's kind of a, sometimes is a blessing in disguise, you know? Exactly. You know what? And it's that whole thing of like, what, the great things happen when you step outside of your comfort zone. I love that quote. I used to have that quote on my wall and it was kind of ironic because I'd never done anything out of my comfort zone in my entire life. And I had this thing that's like, life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And like, I always played it safe my whole life. So like, it was super ironic. I had it up there, but now I live it and it's fun. Uh, I'm exactly like you as well. Get it two shoes. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so awesome. Now, what is your first successful business? Obviously now you're doing your whole, um, you know, the whole podcasting thing. And you are, I mean, I've, let me just say this to everybody. Um, Jamie is very successful in this. I've been following him on his um, Facebook group for a wee while since you started it, I think. And it's just amazing the success that he has in this group and helping people, you know, with all of this. So it's, it's really, really cool to watch you grow. And it's really, really awesome to see how many people you help along the way. That is so awesome. Uh, is this like your first real successful thing that you've kept going? Or did you have something before that you were successful in? That's a really great question. And first of all, like, thank you. I'm, I'm super grateful for the kind words that you just said there. And I, the reason I'm glad you asked that question is that I think sometimes when you bring on a guest on a podcast and the, the temptation is to talk about all the successes, right? And then somebody listening might look at me and go, oh my God, like, well, it's easy for you, Jamie. You're, you've got this successful podcast company and stuff is going well for you. I just want to say that before I had this kind of new direction, and by the way, my podcast company is only two months old. My podcast is only four months old. So I, I didn't know anything about podcasting four months ago. And now I have a business where I help other people do podcasting and launch successful podcasts. And, you know, one thing I want to say is that it's super easy for you to, I'm sorry, easy is not the right word. It's not easy. It's super hard, but it is super possible for you to go and learn something new. And in just a couple of months, be able to tell people, you know, you only need to know a couple of steps ahead. Like I'm not telling people I'm a podcast expert. I'm just saying, Hey, look, I just know a couple steps ahead of you. And because I'm only a couple of steps ahead of them, they, they see it as being super achievable. Wow. Like I saw you start three months ago. I can do that too. Like I, I can follow in your footsteps. But before I start this, like joy, I, I've had like seven different styles of businesses at, wow. and that's big businesses. I've had a ton of different projects in that time as well. And most of them, some were successes, but most of them were failed businesses. And I think the thing to realize about this is that for the longest time, and bear in mind, that's over a two year period as well. You know, for the longest time, my mentality was I was going to always avoid failure because for me, failure was a bad thing. And I, and I would see it as, well, listen, if I had a choice and it was risk something big, and potentially fail, 
or play it a little bit safer and not fail, but maybe grow at a slower pace, I would always choose the safe option every time. But the problem in that is that you never really grow past what your limits are and you never really challenge yourself or find your true calling or anything like that. And, you know, so this is what I did. Like I had, you know, a freelance writing business. I had a blog. I had, you know, I started doing courses online. I did an Instagram course. I did a blogging course. I did a Pinterest course. I then wow. transitioned to doing a Pinterest marketing agency. When Pinterest, you know, I got to about 10 $10,000 a month with my Pinterest agency. And then, and then I did what every entrepreneur does. I did, you know, I had my first $10,000 month and I did $10,000 times 12 months is 120,000. So that's a six figure a year business. So I was like, Hey guys, I've got a six figure a year business now I've made it right. And then two months later, I had an algorithm update, which basically just trashed all my results for my clients on Pinterest. I lost all my clients, you know, so all of a sudden I'm back down to zero. And for the longest time, I didn't want to tell anyone. I was living this kind of half truth because I was like, you know, I don't want to tell people I failed. I was really uncomfortable with, you know, what other people would think about that kind of failure aspect. It was only really in February this year that I really got over that and, and I'm still getting over it now and still learning and, and it's really kind of a, a humbling experience. But yeah. one thing I realized is that, you know, and, and, there's, a, and, there's, a, and there's a guy that I absolutely love who is a speaker at Funnel Hacking Live. I've had him on my podcast, a, a gentleman called Nicholas um, Byerly, and he's an amazing speaker, runs an amazing brand called Billion Dollar Body, but he always talks about your mess becomes your message. And what he says is like all the crap that's gone in your life, all of the difficult parts, you should wear that like a flag and tell everybody about all of those struggles because that's what makes you human. That's what gives you that vulnerability and people really connect with vulnerability. So like the parts of my story, and, and you know, this is interesting when you look at it, like think about when you listen to people's story, what parts do you connect with? A lot of the time it's the vulnerable stuff, you know, for, for people I speak to, they sometimes hear my story about my sister and they connect with, wow, you know, I've had a family member that's in that situation. I, I really connect with that. Or they've had a boss that's really done them over or done the dirty on them. And they're like, wow, that I really connect with that as well. It's not the successes that people connect with. It's not, Hey, you've gone and made your own business. It's the vulnerable moments. It's like, wow, you really understand how I feel. And I didn't share any of that for the longest time. So in February this year, I went to Funnel Hacking Live. I really understood that because I heard Nicholas talk about it on stage. And I just decided, like, I'm just going to tell people exactly what it's like. So I came out and people are like, hey, what do you do? I'm like, wait, I've got no clients. I'm not making any money. I'm nearly bankrupt. Like all of these things that were the truth. But what happened was it was like this freeing experience because now I was free to just talk about exactly where I'm at. I could be super honest and transparent with people. And then people got to see the real me. And that's when people really started to connect with me. And then from there, I just kind of decided and, and Russell Brunson, who obviously is the mentor from, from ClickFunnels, I'm inside his program now. And, and he said, he said to me, Jamie, like, and he didn't say this personally, he said it in a training video, but he said, you know, Jamie, I give you permission. If you're doing something right now that you don't love and you're not serving the person that you want to serve, I give you permission to change your business and change who you serve. And up until that point, you know, I was trying to sell to entrepreneurs, um, sorry, not entrepreneurs. I was trying to sell to dentists because I thought dentists was a good market. And the problem was I, I didn't connect with dentists. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't love them. They weren't interested in talking to me because I'm a marketer and, and I was interested in talking to them because they're a cushy dentist and like, you know, <laughs> nothing against dentists, but like, they're not interested in growing. They're like super happy with like doing it chill. Like the people I was speaking to were working like two hours a day, three days a week. And they were super happy with that. They didn't want to grow. Yeah. So 
you know, I completely changed my business and I said, well, who do I really want to work with? Who could I spend all of my time with talking on the phone all day, every day? Who's that person? And as you probably guessed, it's entrepreneurs, right? Like conversations like this, I love because, you know, you're somebody that I really connect with. So I said to myself, all right, well, who do I want to help? I want to help entrepreneurs. And what can I help them with? Well, I just had to find a problem that they were having and figure out how to overcome that. And, um, and you know, that eventually led to the podcast business because I had launched my podcast. I figured out how to do it. I had some success with it. And then people were like, whoa, Jamie, you should help other people do podcasts. That's a real problem that people are trying to overcome. And then it became, all right, well, how can I do podcasting and how can I make it attractive to people at the same time? What's the pain they're in? And for me, it was all about monetizing. Like my, my focus now for my business and where, you know, Podcasting 101 and the Podcast Profit Lab is different is that we focus on, hey, let's not wait a year to make you profitable in your business. Let's, I'm going to show you how we can launch a show for you to get into the top 200 in iTunes, but I'm also going to show you how you can set up the foundation to be profitable in literally 60 days. And we give people that kind of uh, program and, and, and how to do it. And it's yeah. honestly been amazing because we've now found our purpose. And, and for me, I can see this kind of long-term vision now where I can never before, you know, I could never see, you know, if somebody said to me, what, what, are, what are you going to be doing in five years time? I wasn't going to say, Oh, I'm going to be selling Facebook ads to dentists. You know? Like, who wants to be known for that? You know, instead, it's like, no, I'm helping entrepreneurs get their message and their voice out there through a podcast format, and I'm also helping them to get customers and and to give life, you know, give lifeblood to their business in the form of revenue. That that is awesome, right? So, I'm, you know, toot my own horn. I think it's awesome anyway. You can probably tell because I, I love what I agree. You know, so. So, so that's nice. So that was a very long-winded answer to what businesses have you had that, that weren't successful before, right? But <laughs> I, love, I love to hear your stories. That's so awesome. Now, I have a question for you, which sometimes people find it as a bit of a tricky question, but I think for you, this might be an easy answer. Do you think you are passionate about what you're doing at the moment? No, not really. No, of course I am. I'm super passionate, but <laughs> I'm only passionate because, because I decided that I was going to do something that I was passionate about. And my, my advice to this, Joy, and, and there's a lot of people out there, and this is something I struggled with for a long time. A lot of people say you have to do what you're passionate about. But like, if I did what I was passionate about, like I'm passionate about games, I'm passionate about movies, I'm passionate about reading books, but like I'm not going to make a business around any of those things because that's a hobby, right? So I was always in that position where I'm like, well, I know what I love and I know what I'm passionate about, but how do I build a business around that? And my challenge to people is to think, to get around this, is you don't have to go and do a business in something that you're passionate about. You, you just have to do a business with people you're passionate with. If you can do a business and that you want to serve, so maybe maybe who you love is stay-at-home moms. Maybe that's the person that you really connect with. Maybe it's you know workers. Maybe it's guys who work in in in, uh, in construction. Maybe the people that you could hang out with is going to be salespeople. Like whoever that person is, the first thing you want to identify is who do I want to serve? Who do I want to spend all my time with? And then from there, then you can figure out what the product is and, and how you're going to do it. But the first thing you want to be doing is okay who do I actually want to spend all my time with? Because if you get that wrong, you know, you could be a piano teacher who's super passionate about pianos, but if the person you're serving is whiny little kids and you hate kids all the time, then that's not a good business for you. But if you say to yourself, who do I want to help? Well, I actually, I love helping 
elderly people with dementia. I love helping elderly people who want to get reconnected with like a passion. And then you say, well, what, what do I know? Well, I know piano. Well, suddenly you've got a business where you're helping people who you want to help with the thing that you know how to do. And that is a very, very different thing. And, you know, and when you look at it that way, if you look at that who and your person is, okay, I'm an elderly person that wants to connect with other people, well, then your business, the problem they have is connection. So how can your business help them get connected? Suddenly it's like, hey, I'm running a piano class or a band group for elderly people where I bring them all together, right? So that is how like a business can form based on like, who is the person that I want to serve? What am I good at? Or what do I know? And then what is the problem? And if you can connect those dots very quickly, and, and this is so fun, Joy, because this happens in literally, you will not believe how many people get the perfect business idea in the space of less than 10 minutes. And one of the things that I do, you know, before I started doing the podcast stuff is I do a lot of top level strategy with people. And I sit down and I say, okay, you know, for an hour, I just get them talking about themselves about what they want to do, their vision and all that stuff. And it's not rare at the end of those sessions for people to come out and like, we just talk about the right thing. And just by asking those questions, they're like, wow, I want to serve this person. This is what I'm good at. This is what I'm going to do. And like in literally a couple of minutes, you can get this clarity that is just completely blows everything out of the water and you can have this idea and it's like, wow, I know what I'm going to do for the next 20 years of my life. It's <laughs> mind blowing. That's awesome. That is such a great thing to get out of people as well. Um, and that's kind of like where I'm heading with, with what I'm doing at the moment as well is to help people to identify exactly, you know, what they want to do for the rest of their lives, especially, you know, being an entrepreneur, you don't want to be stuck in something that you hate. Um, yeah. Just because it makes your money doesn't mean that you're going to like it at all. Yeah. And that's the big thing. Cause for me, it's not always about what you're doing. It's who you're doing it with. Like yes. I could, you know, I could have a nightmare of recording a podcast with people if it's somebody that I'm not interested to talk to, right? Like that's same thing, but to a different person is completely different. It's a bit like in school, right? Like if you have a lecture about a topic you love with an amazing teacher, it's fantastic. But if you've got that withered old haggy you hate, it's going to be a nightmare, right? It's all about the people. <laughs> that is so true. What do, you, what do you contribute to your success? Like what, do, what is the thing that you think is making you successful? Honestly, the, the biggest thing that's been helped, helped me be successful um, this year, especially because I feel like I'm only really coming into my success now, yeah. but also in my career, it's always mentorship. When people, and I see this all, you know, now I'm inside um, the 2CCX program, which is like a $30,000 a year coaching program, which for some people now listening is like, wow, that's like totally out of touch for me. When I signed up for this program, it's $2,500 a month. I didn't have any money in the bank. I had like $1,500 and no income coming in. So I really put myself in a hard place to get into that and a lot of credit card debt, you know, and, um, but that mentorship of people who have already done it, people who have walked the walk, who have got the framework, surrounding yourself by peers who are in the same mindset as you, that is probably the single biggest thing that's attributed to my success. Up until, up until this point, I, you know, as intelligent as you are, as amazing as you are, as much research as you can get for free online, there's nothing that compares to having a mentor, having somebody guide you through a framework and then help you with that accountability of you need this, you need this, you need this is super, super helpful. And, you know, I'm, I look at examples like inside, even inside my free podcasting group, there's, you know, I obviously have a paid program. You know, I have a course that's like a thousand dollars. We're going to do a challenge soon, which is like a hundred bucks. 
Um, but there's some people who can't afford that. And one of, one of my most engaged members inside my Facebook group, um, is, is, uh, is an amazing individual. And she really, um, she really didn't have the money and she, and her, for her, the problem was that she didn't want to tell her husband that she was trying to invest more money again because she tried like seven or eight or nine different businesses, put money in, put money in, put money in and never got anything out. So there was this huge fear in her mind that nothing was ever going to work, like this belief that was ingrained into it. And the problem with that is that she wanted it to succeed. Imagine what her husband felt who had seen her pour all this money in and didn't have that success. So, you know, when, when, she, when she reached out to me, you know, I could see all the energy she put in. I could see the work she was putting inside the Facebook group. And, you know, because of that, I jumped on a phone call with her and I gave her some free mentorship and, you know, just a couple of hours here or there. But that set her on this trajectory to the point where she's now launched a podcast, she's doing it. And, and it's really amazing. And, what, and what's interesting is that just by having like mentorship, if you want to have someone who's a mentor, it's not always about money you invest. Money will get you there quicker. But honestly, you can go and invest all of your time to be like the number one contributor in someone's group you can go and you know do talk about everything they do comment on every status they have reply to everything they do send them messages like give value inside their groups become that kind of flag bearer that pioneer for whatever it is that they're trying to do and then they'll recognize that and they will probably help you on that journey as well and and you know so for me i'd 100 percent recommend mentorship and surrounding yourself by uh, amazing people who are on the same trajectory as where you want to be. You know, now after Funnel Hacking Live, everybody I speak to either wants to earn a million dollars or has already earned a million dollars. And what that does for you is it really takes your mindset to that next level. And not, not to mention that you get a lot of tips and tactics, but I'm a, I'm a big believer that almost all of your success will come from your mind. Like maybe 10% will be tactics and strategies. Most of it is going to be people and um, having a framework and that mindset to push you through it. Exactly. And I completely agree with that. If you have a crappy mindset, and I talk about this often as well, you're not going to succeed. You, I don't know of any successful people that's waking up every morning and go, oh, today's going to suck. <laughs> they just you know, and, and I'm also like super empathetic because I know what that feels like, right? And I'm sure you do as well. So, you yeah. know, I, I try and say to people, look, you know, I'm... I'm not a big lover of the Gary Vee mentality of like hustle your heart out 16, 20 hours a day until you burn out because I just don't think it's realistic for most people. You know, you have to realize that not everybody, and you already know this, Joy, I know that, you know, not everybody can hustle every day. And what happens is there's a lot of guilt associated. When you don't wake up early and be and have a productive morning, you feel guilty. And that guilt holds you back more than if you just kind of wipe it off and just carry on with your day. So I definitely think like you have to do the thing that's right for you. But getting your mindset right, not making yourself feel guilty, not, you know, not going down that, that route is super, super important as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I completely agree with the Gary Vee as well. I actually read a book a while ago, um, which is called The One Minute Salesperson or something like that. And in the book, the one key thing that stands out is you have to give yourself a one minute price every day. Um, and that's a really great thing because even if you feel like at the end of the day, you're not achieving something, you praise yourself for the things that you have accomplished and it just builds your confidence and it just boosts you again for the next day. So, yeah, I, I love that. I do, I do a journal at the end of every day with the wins, small wins, big wins. I write them all down. And then yeah. and you, and you have to be grateful for those little wins that are there. And, um, you know, and I love that. And, and I think that's so important, you know. 
completely agree with you on that. Uh, so what you're currently working on, obviously you've got all your programs in place. Is this like your main things that you're currently working on? Is there something new coming up? Yeah, Joy, this, oh my God, there's so much. So as you know, and as you kind of know from my story, like this is a brand new company. Like, and, and you know what's really fun is that if people go onto the podcast, like on Entrepreneur Junkie Movement podcast, I document pretty much our whole progress through everything we do. So you guys can see when, you know, I started the podcast and when I didn't have the business together and I was, you know, going $30,000 into debt to get this program. You can see the interview where I talk about this is the, mo the morning that I had my idea for doing a podcast company. I literally, as soon as I got off that phone call where someone gave me the idea, I got my microphone out and I recorded the episode and I say, guys, I think I just got my million dollar idea. The episode's called, I think I was just handed a million dollar uh, business on a platter, right? And so I, I kind of documenting this process all the way through. And even though it's only been a couple of months since we started the company, there's some big things that we're doing. So the first thing that we've, we've just... Um, coming to the end of the beta run now is the podcast course so um we've got that course together which is 997 uh, so a thousand dollars and we've had 12 people go through it and they're literally launching their podcasts on this on the 8th of july so super super soon which is very exciting so um you should definitely keep an eye out for those that's going to be I exciting will. and then um so we're doing the podcast course and yeah. um, we've got the free group as well um i'm also i have a back-end agency so we're working with a lot of higher end um you know six and seven figure entrepreneurs right now to build out their podcasts so that's in the works as well we've got like two or three clients right now and we're, we've got you know some more of those we're getting in we've got a, a challenge coming up so there's going to be a challenge probably in october which is going to be like a hundred dollar challenge for people to get started with their podcast and then we're also doing in november we're doing a podcast event we're going to be bringing people to bali to this super exclusive like mansion where we're going to be doing surfing and massaging and building up podcasts and talks and you know i'm going to have an amazing speaker who hasn't been announced yet who's coming to teach people about how to get a deeper connection and how to get more customers and dream 100 stuff so all super exciting and that's coming in november as well so my my time is like being stretched so far but but it's exciting because there's all of these different projects that we have which is all about helping people get to the end goal of hey how do you make a profitable podcast exactly and you guys are so awesome for doing this because i know it's a big thing you know especially if you want to start publishing yourself podcasting is definitely one of the three things that you can do and by helping people well at least this time you won't have an algorithm that's destroying your business exactly hopefully not fingers crossed you know and, and if there is you know we'll roll with it but i think i think you're right you know just being able to publish and then at the same time if you can make money from that and if you can get customers from that at the same time well then it's a no-brainer like like us right now we're doing five episodes a week of content and it's all because you know now the more content we put out the more customers we get so why would we not want to double down on that you know exactly exactly now, um, where can people find your links and stuff? Because I would like to just drop your links at the end of all of this so they can go and find you. Where can people find your links? No problem. So if you guys want to check out the podcast, um, just search for Entrepreneur Junkie Movement or you can go to entrepreneurjunkie.co and all the links for the podcast are inside there. If you guys want to join and find out more about what we do as a podcast company, the best place to go is actually to our Facebook group. So you can go to www.joinpodcasting101.com 
www.thepodcastingmentor.com and that will send you, uh, uh, that will divert you straight through to our Facebook group, which is the Podcasting 101 Facebook group um, on Facebook itself. And, and if you guys want to reach out to me, you know, you can search me on Facebook. You can look for facebook.com forward slash Jamie Atkinson Media. You can reach out to me directly there or just search for Jamie Atkinson. You'll find me inside the, uh, the podcast group every week posting anyway. Um, and just reach out and, and I'm more than happy to talk about what it is that you want to try and do and see whether I can help you. That's awesome, Jamie. You are such a blessing. So thank you so much for, you know, for doing everything that you do for everybody. So one last little, I can say kind of like a statement or a, a question is like, if you have any advice for a new entrepreneur or, you know, that somebody sitting on a fence thinking of becoming an entrepreneur, they're not quite sure if they want to do it because they, you know, either scared or, you know, they don't think it's for them. What advice do you have for them? So for the person on the fence, um, here's, here's a really big truth that's kind of scary, is that most entrepreneurs only jump to begin their journey through something that's a huge event. It's either something traumatic like happened to me, or it's something that's, you know, an ultimatum. And what happens is if people are comfortable, they won't make a change. And so what I would challenge you to do is if you're on the fence right now, you know, ask yourself, is this something that you really want to do? And really take a hard look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I not taking action because I'm comfortable? Comfort is the, is the death of all progress. And if you're comfortable in life, you're going to find that it's going to be the easiest thing in the world is just to keep doing what you're doing. All the time, my friends back home when I was, you know, growing up and stuff, it would be, oh, I'll do that. I'll get to that. You know, I'll, we'll have a time for that, you know. But my, I'm a big believer of, you know, people say, oh, the right relationship will come round. No, no, it won't. Like you have to go out and you have to make it happen. Right. And it's the same for everything in life. Fitness, health, um, you know, business, relationships. You should approach them all the same way with that kind of outgoing mentality. So if you're on the fence right now and you think you really want to start a business, but you're on that fence, I would challenge yourself to look at yourself. Are you comfortable? And if you are, what could you do to start getting this, you know, to start getting uncomfortable. Because when you're outside of your comfort zone, that's really where you start to operate in your zone of genius. And it's hard and it's going to suck. And there was moments where I was crying on the floor and I was telling my girlfriend, I don't want to do this. This is horrible. Like I, you know, physically like screaming into a pillow because I was so overwhelmed and so stressed from not having that money. But that horrible pressure helped me to build this kind of great life that I want to live for myself. And you know, my end goal is to be able to retire my parents. And there's a lot of real big benefits from that. So think about your why, you know, understand why do you want to do this in the first place? Who do you want to help? And who do you want to be spending your time with and serving? And then really look at yourself and say, am I in a comfortable place? And is that why I'm not taking action? That is, that's amazing advice. Thank you so much. And thank you so much, Jamie, for agreeing on this interview. I really appreciate your time. And I know your time is so stretched. So it's like even more precious that you have you know, joined us for today. And no, I'm, sure that, I'm sure you have inspired a lot of people on this interview. Definitely. I certainly hope so. And, and I really do hope people get out, you know, something out of it. And, and the thing I would say is if there's anyone out there, most people in an audience that are listening, there's only going to be 2% of you who are going to take action. Most of you are going to listen to this right now. And if you're listening, I'm speaking directly to you right now. If you're listening to this, there's only going to be a small amount of you who are actually going to take what we've talked about and actually put it into action. So my question for you is, are you part of that 2% or are you the 98% of people who are going to just ignore this? If you're the 2%, 
prove it. Reach out to Joy, send her a message, say, hey, I listened to this episode and I want you to help me be accountable and I want to make a change. That's all you have to do. Just tell her, I want to make a change. Reach out to her and make that first step. That first step, that first commitment is the biggest thing that you can possibly do. So if you're that person right now, I challenge you to do that and reach out to her. And I'm sure Joy is going to help you uh, get to that next level. I oh, definitely. And I will force you to get a podcast and I will send you to Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't force you, but I'll recommend it. But yes, <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Have a fantastic day and uh, have a great week. And uh, obviously, you know, enjoy your travels. And you too, Joy. And thank you. I'm so grateful to be on the show. It was great to talk to you and all the best for the, everything in the future. And let me know if I can help at all. Thank you. Go the same way around the side as well. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye.